When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, today we're going to be joined by Mike Huguenin. Mike is the college football editor for On3. Um, he's also formerly of The Athletic, also been the college football editor for Rivals.com, as well as the Sporting News. Uh, longtime, uh, you know, observer of college sports and uh, someone that I think knows uh, as much or more uh, about college football today than, than just about anyone. Uh, so let's bring in now Mike Huguenin. We're going to talk today uh, about the Big 12 race, uh, the games this weekend, and uh, where Mike sees things headed. All right, welcome, Mike. How are you doing today? Doing well. Good. Doing well. You ready to talk some Big 12 football? I am indeed. Okay, let's, let's start in the Big 12 standings right now. A um, couple of teams undefeated, or actually several teams undefeated. A couple of those uh, matching up this weekend. Where are you? Where are you seeing it right now, uh, from a national uh, national perspective? Well, I, I think the three best teams are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Still puzzled to an extent by Iowa State. Um, really high on the Cyclones going into the season. Um, they did not play well against Iowa in what might have been the most important a home game in school history. Then they lose to Baylor. Um, it's almost as if the moment has been too big for them, even though they are a senior-laden team. And I think that makes them dangerous still. Um, I think they could beat anybody in the league on a given day. But, again, they've lost to Baylor. So, and you know, Baylor's good but not anything exceptional. Um, so, you know, Purdy played horrendously against Iowa. Uh, Brees Hall is still good. Kolar's good. They got some good defensive players. Mike Rose is a stud at linebacker. McDonald's a good defensive end. Um, this year, they I would say they've underachieved. And I think right now they're still below Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. But Iowa State remains dangerous. I, I think that's a good point. And I think they play all of those teams still yet. Yeah. Play. So, so Iowa State's going to have a say in who wins the league, even if they don't. Right. Um, and that's, I think, the fact that they are senior-laden, they're experienced, makes them – a dangerous team to play because if they put it all together, I thought going into the season, they were clearly the second best team in the league and maybe the best. So if everything does come together, like I thought it would, they can beat anybody in the league. You know, Oklahoma's five and zero, oh, um, but we're here and, and we're going to, we're going to talk about their quote unquote lethargic start yes. to the season. Right. Um, what, what do you make of, of the Sooners at this point? Yeah, you, you look at that roster, that's that's the best roster, I think, top to bottom in the Big 12. Uh, they've played four FBS teams. All four of those games were one-score outings. They they aren't blowing teams out. Um, they're playing, frankly, I think, a little bit up or down to their opponent. Um, Tulane's not very good, had a chance to beat Oklahoma in the opener. Uh, West Virginia's lost three games. They took Oklahoma to the last minute. Um, so Oklahoma is sort of living on the edge, but right now they're living on the edge on the good side. They make just enough plays to get the job done. But 
we were talking off camera and you pointed out that Oklahoma played extremely well in the second half this past Saturday. And that's the Oklahoma team. I think everybody expected to see Spencer Rattler, uh, dividing the ball up, getting it out, bunch of good receivers, two really good running backs, an experienced offensive line with one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, guys who can make plays on defense, good linebacker core. It's just sort of, yeah, it's just a weird, it's weird that they're not playing better than they are. That's truly where I come in. I mean, they've got the pieces. I, I think that their offense lacked the explosiveness and right. that shouldn't happen. You look, right. look at the look at the talent there. You're right. Why are you know why isn't Mims making huge plays every week? Why right. isn't Hazel? Why isn't Hazelwood making big plays every week? Why isn't Kennedy Brooks busting a 60 yard run every week? It's not happening. Yeah, and I think I think that you know talking to the guys at Inside Texas uh, for for this coming week, and I think their general consensus is OU hasn't run the ball as well as they have in previous years. But, you know, like we talked about and like we talked about off camera, OU found the run game a little bit in the second half against Kansas State. That made people respect the play action a little bit more. And all of a sudden, Spencer Rattler was dinking and dunking and then throwing some nice intermediate passes at some pretty open receivers in the second half. Yeah, I think the perception is Lincoln Riley, he's an air raid guy. He throws the ball 70% of the time. No, he doesn't. He used his run pass ratio is always more run than pass. And you're right. It does like, like every, it, all elements of football, the run can set, can set up the pass this year though. I'm not sure people are really respecting the OU run game. And that comes back to the offensive line, not being as good as it should be. You know, same things happening in Clemson. If you can't run the ball, People are like, okay, fine. We're gonna we're gonna drop eight into coverage or seven into coverage, and you you ain't gonna do either run or pass. Yeah, I think you know you mentioned that and uh, talk about uh, coaches who have a uh, perception of being air raid or high scoring, and and it has to be uh, that way to get things achieved. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian scoring yeah. points right now, and he did it against TCU on running the ball. Ad yeah. nauseum. I mean, he really stuck to it. Yeah, I was looking at Casey Thompson's stats, and I'm thinking, this dude's throwing for 300 a game. Not even close. And you're right. B. John Robinson is the best player on the team. Sarkeesian knows that. Getting him the ball in a wide variety of ways, and Casey Thompson's not making mistakes. He's also doing a nice job distributing things. But you're right. Texas seems to, at least this year, have an identity of, we are going to pound you with the run. If you can stop us, you can beat us because Arkansas stopped them. Um, but no, the first game of the year, they ran all over Louisiana. The three games since the Arkansas loss, they've run over everybody. Um, I mean, pounding teams. So winning big. So Bijan Robinson uh, on Saturday is the guy that Oklahoma knows it has to stop. Every team knows it has to stop Bijan Robinson. The only one that's done so far is, is Arkansas. Oklahoma's defense is a good one. Um, so that's there's a lot of cool subplots of that game. But you're right. I think both coaches are. Oh, these these dudes throw the ball all over the place. Well, not really. They, they're they do a nice job of acclimating to the talent they have around them. And so yeah. she's a perfect example this year. And it seems like the team that is always kind of hanging around in the Big Twelve race is Oklahoma State. And yet again, um, not the cleanest of a performances last week against Baylor, even though they. Ended up with the two score win. They they uh, 
you know, I watched that entire Baylor Oklahoma uh, Baylor Oklahoma State game, and and Oklahoma State dominated the line of scrimmage um, for sixty minutes. I mean, there may have been a ten minute period where where uh, I think Baylor went toe to toe with them, but Spencer Sanders is so hot and cold. Yeah, that, line. He was yeah. bad against Baylor, bad. But but and they still won by ten. Yeah, yeah, but you know they would have they would have moments of clarity and they'd move the ball down the field and score a touchdown. Right. I mean, when Baylor got within one score, I mean, it was like clockwork. Oklahoma state just moved it down and, and, you know, put them up back up by two scores. So I feel like um, Gundy, Mike Gundy is one of those coaches that just hangs around, has better than average talent for sure. In the big 12, like he's top half of the league in talent. Um, talk about disappointments at this point is, is West Virginia a league disappointment? Yeah, I think Iowa State is number one, uh, and, and I think West Virginia, they look so good at times. Um, you know, the Maryland game, should have won it, um, could have won it. The Oklahoma game, they made Oklahoma sweat for 60 minutes. Uh, and then they this past weekend, a Texas Tech team that gave up 70 points turns around, shuts down West Virginia, and wins the game. So, yeah, I think the problem at West Virginia is their quarterback play. It's it's you talked about Spencer Sanders being inconsistent. Um, Seth Dogi is not playing well at all. Uh, Letty Brown is, an, I think, an overrated running back. Defensively, they're playing really good. The Stills kid is really good in the in the defensive line. They got some good linebackers, a nice group of DBs. Offensively, though, they're just so hit and miss. Um, and yeah, I think they are a disappointment. No question. Yeah. yeah the, uh, ask you about, uh, one other team, you mentioned Baylor and, and Texas tech or actually two teams, Baylor and Texas tech. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's clear that Matt Wells is coaching for his job yeah. in Lubbock. Right. Um, at the same time, uh, Dave Aranda kind of did a re a reshuffle of his staff in the off season that appears to have worked somewhat. Right. Um, their, their offense is coming up. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I started thinking about this prior to this call, what is the marquee victory thus far for the big 12 for the season? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Man, that's an interesting question. There's only one that I, ca- that I came up with that's truly a, a marquee win, and, and that's Kansas State over Stanford. Over Stanford in the opener at Jerry's yeah. World, and, and nobody was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is interesting, but you're right. I mean, the league does not have a marquee non-conference player. Right? Stanford is a nice team, but they're also three and two. Yeah, and that was a Stanford when K-State beat them. They were using the wrong quarterback, and after that game, they changed. Um, but it, it, that's interesting. You know, and you know, you look at Baylor; they're four and one. And Aranda, any first-year coach who came on last year, obviously had issues because of COVID, as every team did. But it's hard to 
sort of install yeah. stuff <laughs> when everything's a truncated season. And Baylor's four and one, but then you're like, who's Baylor really beaten? Well, they've beaten everybody they played except one team. So um, I guess that's the best thing you can say about the Big 12. There's not that many, oh my God, I can't believe they lost that game. There's a lot of those in the Pac-12, for instance, and the ACC, but I don't think there's really any, oh my God, I can't believe they lost that game uh, in, in the Big 12. Texas Tech did lose to, I'm sorry, Texas Tech did beat Houston. That's, you know, Houston's four and one. That's not a bad look. That's not a bad win for the league, but you're right. There is no marquee non-conference win that makes you sit up and go, wow, that's, that was super impressive. The reason I got the reason I got on that tangent this morning uh, when I was looking at it is because Baylor plays BYU in a couple weeks. That's monstrous. Yeah. Especially for BYU. Right. Exactly. Um, That's what I'm saying. If you know that game, uh, BYU also has Virginia, they have USC and they have Washington State. So there's oh, my goodness. BYU is playing power five teams. (laughs) These power five teams are that good. But if BYU sitting there at the end of the season, 12 and 0. It's going to be very interesting because they will have had eight power five wins. Um, here's the, so that's here's impressive. one thing to think about too. BYU is ranked 10 in the latest AP poll, yeah. right? And, and so um, they lost a top five pick at quarterback. Yeah. And they, they're still retool without Zach Wilson. And Zach yeah. Wilson, yeah, you said it's pretty. They're, so they're Baylor will have that. So let, let's go, let's flip forward because I wanted to get to this today and I'm, I'm looking them up to make sure I get the right games and the right times uh, so everybody has it. And that's the schedule for this weekend. It's a relatively light schedule um, on, on the Big 12 slate. So there's only three games. Uh, obviously, there's, uh, there's Texas and OU heating up in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and then there's also West Virginia at Baylor and TCU at Texas Tech, I first want to get your thoughts on Texas OU. Yeah, that, well, we talked about B. John Robinson. Oklahoma knows we got to shut down B. John Robinson or at least stymie him some. If that happens, Oklahoma's winning. If B. John Robinson runs for 150, if I'm a Texas fan, I'm going to be leaving the Cotton Bowl flashing the horn sign, man, because it's 150 yards for B. John and they're winning. 100 yards makes things interesting, you know, 75 or fewer. I think Oklahoma is going to win, but the, the Oklahoma passing attack, as we talked about earlier, needs some explosive plays. I think Texas is going to score in the high twenties or low thirties. Um, can Oklahoma get to the mid thirties? That, that's 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 the question. And Oklahoma again, Oklahoma has played up or down to its opponent. Uh, Texas is a talented team, so I expect Oklahoma to play relatively well. Uh, I think Oklahoma is going to win, but again, that it all comes down to how effective, um, how proficient, how efficient is Bijan runs. Fair enough. I think, I think the uh, tech game is really interesting this weekend because you have a situation right now where a TCU team that's two losses in a row, one to SMU and then one to Texas um, last week. And now they're going to tech that just pulled the upset against West Virginia last week. So what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, we talked about Matt Wells. Like you said, he is coaching for his job, and everybody knows it. Um, and TCU, you know, Gary Patterson made his bones. He, he's a defense-minded guy, and his defense has been shredded the past two weeks. Run all over. Ulysses, Ulysses Bentley for SMU two weeks ago, John Robinson last week. Um, you know, I don't obviously Texas Tech does not run the ball 
like Texas does. Um, that's this is a very yeah. It's, it's not a sexy game nationally, but inside the Big Twelve, this one and the Baylor West Virginia games are exceedingly interesting because of the coaches involved. Um, I think TCU is better. I think Max Duggan's going to do some things. Zach Evans is a really good running back. TCU just needs to play better defense, and that's sort of bizarre to say. Texas Tech's defense has played better than TCU's, even with giving up 70 points uh, in the loss to Texas. They've been Boy, more I don't, consistent defensively. I got to say this. You may, you may be right, but having played them in back-to-back weeks, the Longhorns, you couldn't tell me that that's the case. Um, well, that's – that's the comparison aspect is fair, but I mean, TCU, SMU moved up and down the field. Yeah. Um, Texas, I, for the most part, I thought Texas did what it wanted against TCU. Um, it's that's going to be an interesting, again, I think TCU is going to win because I think Texas tech is going to have trouble stopping Zach Evans, but I think the Texas tech defense has played really good defense in four of their five games. Yeah, obviously the one game they didn't, they gave up 70. Yeah. So Zach Evans, Zach Evans is, you mentioned him. He's extraordinarily talented, Mike. Like he's, he's as talented as just about any running back in the country. Uh, He was a five-star running back for a reason, man. Everybody wanted him. No doubt. You know, it was amazing. Gary Patterson in the post game. uh, I really think that Texas won that game in large part because Texas leaned on their best. He's John Robinson more than. And TCU couldn't lean on Zach Evans. Zach, according to Gary Patterson, Zach Evans was tired. He had fifty. He had only fifteen carries. That's and and so I, I'm telling you now that's a that's a that's a weird sign. Yeah. So now he's got to go over to Lubbock. Uh, you know, we'll see. All right, West Virginia travels to Baylor, and then we'll close it out. Yeah, West Virginia. You, you talked about. It. I mean, they're playing not good football. They should be better than they should be better than two and three. And I think Neil Brown's starting to feel some heat because his offense—that's his side of the ball. His—he's an offense-minded coach, and his offense is not playing well. Again, Baylor, I think, is sort of playing above its talent level. They're four and one. Bohannon's playing pretty good at quarterback. They got a nice running game going. Dave Aranda is going to get a good defense. He, he's a great schematic guy, a great X and O's guy, and his defense is playing relatively well. Um, I would not want to be Neil Brown if, if West Virginia loses this game and falls to two and four, because I think if West Virginia does not go to a bowl game this year, Neil Brown's in deep trouble. Interesting. I, I hadn't even thought about him being one of those guys that was in that, that category. All right, um, Mike, I appreciate it. Um, well, you, you picked OU. Right. I need you to pick Tech, TCU, and then also West Virginia Baylor. I'm going to, I still think West Virginia is a better team than Baylor. So I'll go with the Mountaineers. And I'm going to go with Texas Tech because I just don't, TCU should win, but I don't think they're going to. Gotcha. All right. Mike Huguenin of On Three. Uh, thanks for joining us as, joining us on On Texas Football to talk the Big 12 race. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to make this somewhat weekly uh, as the season goes on. Take care, Mike. Enjoyed it. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.